welcome to the Mobile Monger Podcast. I'm Janae Muha, your host. I'm continuing the conversations had with cheesemakers from the beginning of the pandemic to get an update on how things have changed a year in. Washington State doesn't often get enough credit for being a dairy and cheesemaking hub in the United States. It's always a surprise for people to hear that we have over 70 licensed dairies and over 50 cheesemakers. Ferndale, Washington sits minutes from the Canadian border and has become widely known for its daring abilities over the last couple of years. Whatcom County hosts a good handful of those 50 cheesemakers within its borders. On today's podcast, I talk with Lindsay Slavin of Twin Sisters Creamery. I finally got to take advantage of my new recording equipment and my fully vaccinated status to drive the hour and a half up to do an in-person recording. It's likely you'll hear the gentle hum of the refrigeration cases that us cheesemongers know so well. What tools did Twin Sisters employ to make it through the last year and a half? Let's let Lindsay fill us in. So I'm Lindsay Slaven, and I am co-owner with my husband and cheesemaker at Twin Sisters Creamery. And Twin Sisters is named after our twin daughters, Maddie and Lexi. And so um, basically back in 2012, when I was studying for the ACSCCP exam and went through that whole process, um, was when we decided after getting that certification um, that we could open a a cheese shop. And my husband, um, his background was manufacturing and IT. And, but we had always wanted to have a business together and we finally came to agreement that we would end up opening our own cheese shop. So we started the process, or our own creamery. Can I start again? Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Just I don't keep like talking. Creamery. Okay. I'll edit out whatever. Okay. It's not a cheese shop, it's creamery. <laughs> Hi, Janae. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start again. I'm Lindsay Slavin co-owner with my husband of Twin Sisters Creamery in Ferndale, Washington. And Twin Sisters is named after our twin daughters, Madeline and Alexandra, Maddie and Lexi. And it all came to be that my husband and I had always wanted to have our own business together. And I was working at the time for DPI Specialty Foods in the cheese industry and um, had the opportunity to write the ACS CCP exam, certification exam back in 2012. So going through that study process and all the time and everything, it was just fascinating, all aspects of the cheese industry. And that's when I really fell in love with cheese making and thought, you know what, Jeff, we can actually become cheesemakers. We can do this. So after that certification in 2012, in January, we started the process. We actually applied for our business license. And um, then we just we had, didn't even know which direction we were going. We didn't know how much it was going to cost, where we were going to build, um, all those types of details. But we did know that we wanted to make blue cheese. We knew what type of cheese we wanted to make. So uh, fast forward, it took almost three years to get the creamery open. And uh, we opened the cheese shop side, the retail side, in August of 2015. And then we started cheese production in November. But we're a raw milk cheese facility, so it had to age for the 60 days. So our first release of blue cheese was in January of 2016. So basically three years 
almost to the day of when we applied for our business license and started the process. So it wasn't quick. It's not a quick journey to open a creamery. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so last year we chatted over Zoom at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, can you give me a snapshot of what that looked like? Were you still making cheese? Like what happened right at the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, it was, it was very scary. I mean, it was terrifying. We had been in, we were coming into our fifth year of operation. We had some pretty big growth sales goals that were on track. We had done a lot of production in January and February, and we were seeing what was happening. And um, and then finally, when the basically the lockdown came, I mean, we shut the retail cheese shop down. We stopped production right away because we had, you know, thousands of pounds of cheese aging in these coolers. And then everything had just shut down. So it was kind of, I mean, it was terrifying. Not only from a business perspective more from a health perspective and a family perspective and everything i mean the business at that point came second but then it was what are we going to do with all this cheese you know so we were kind of kind of at a loss at first and then you know basically you figure it out i mean everything started happening from then but for about at least six eight weeks we had shut down production and the retail store stayed closed even longer than that wow so what did you put in place to uh like once things started opening up again or you felt more comfortable what kind of things did you do did you do e-commerce like were you yeah on the, on the business side on the manufacturing side i should say that the um washington state retailers were amazing and at the time, I was the president of WASCA, the Washington State Cheesemakers Association, and we had a fabulous board that we were working with. And everyone came together. We realized that individually we were all in the same situation and not knowing which way to go. But as a board, we rallied together and communicated with our retail partners to help them bring awareness to um, Washington State Cheese and the small local creameries and so that was really helpful we got a lot of support there and so we could continue to sell through distribution channels and into these stores um, in regards to the retail cheese shop we had never had an online store before but we had wanted to because we had done some shipping on our full wheels so we took the time and we completely designed our online um, retail store with curbside pickup and uh it was amazingly successful right out of the gate like once our local customers realized that they could still buy product from us online and we would meet them out on the curb um it was just amazing i i i remember um mother's day sales um 2020 over 2019 were actually higher and it was just fascinating to me that it had created that type of interest. Now, it didn't stay that way. I mean, it's really dropped off, obviously, for different reasons. But it was, it was encouraging. It was definitely encouraging that we could keep moving forward with an online store, keep production going at a controlled level, um, keep cash flow coming in, continue to pay our bills. Um, and, of course, the, the downside of that was having to lay employees off. And um, that was the hardest part, but um, everybody landed on their feet and is doing very well now. So I'm happy the way it all turned out. 
Did you lay off employees from the retail shop and manufacturing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, both sides. And so it was just Jeff and I in our in our shop. And it was funny. A couple of things changed. Like, can you've been here before, so you can see we call this our COVID renovation, where we divided the retail cheese shop in half and put in these fixed walls and then created this private area that we're talking in um, behind the scenes. And the main reason we did that was because our daughters were going into grade six and it was all going to be remote learning and we knew they were going to spend a lot of time here. And so we thought, well, let's just create this space so when they're here, well, the shop's open or whatever's happening, we have this space. And we absolutely love it. Like, I love it so much more than the original design, how we've got these designated work areas. We turn the direction of the retail shop around so it's facing a totally different direction. Um, the guest experience is the, is the same. We have the same amount of refrigerated cases, the same ability to look into the viewing room and see the cheese being made. So it's not a disadvantage to the customer at all. But now we have this private room, so when we were allowed to get back to our wine and cheese tasting classes and private events, we've got this great space. And it worked really, really well while the girls were in remote learning and had to be here with us. So I'm happy about that, too. I like our retail cheese shop even better than I ever liked it before. Well, that's amazing that you were able to build something out to accommodate the remote learning because as parents and cheesemakers and retail shop, that's a lot on somebody's plate. Um, how did you guys make it through that? Well, we, you know, I've said from day one with the kids in school and the remote learning, we are so fortunate, Jeff and I, that we were in a position that we had our own business, we could control the hours of operation, we could be there to support our kids at home on computers or here. Um, so I, I know it was a very, very challenging time for so many parents and depending on their work needs. So I, we were just very fortunate we had this flexibility that, from being business owners. But Jeff is amazing at construction and figuring things out. So he single-handedly did this himself. And the girls would come, we have pictures on our Facebook and um, on our website. And the girls would come, we have a, a storage unit behind us that's empty, and they painted all this trim, and Jeff did all the framing inside here, and he put all the drywall up. We did have to hire a professional company to do the finish of the drywall to match, but then he painted, I mean, so oh, because it wasn't busy and the shop was closed and we were doing curbside and only on Fridays initially, it was one day pick up a week because we couldn't just sit around the shop all week waiting for customers. Um, anyway, he did all this work himself. Great pictures I have of the kids helping him. Sounds like a good family bonding time. So it was, yeah, yeah to create, awesome. to do something like that together during that uncertainty, all the uncertainty. Yeah. yeah. How do the girls feel about the shop now? Um, they love it. They're getting older, though, so uh, they grew up in it from, I mean, they're a picture of them when they were four and a half years old is actually our logo. That's yeah. an image of them. And uh, so, again, in our history of photographs, they're here helping to sweep and clean or hang out or color or play. And they've been in production. They help us in packaging. 
But now they're 12 turning 13. It's not the coolest place to yeah, hang out Yeah, preteen life yeah. is not... Uh, yeah. But I think they, they, they do recognize and acknowledge the effort we put in to give them a comfortable space when they're here for the amount of time they have to spend here. So yeah, I'm sure they take a lot of pride in the amount of elbow work that they've put into all of it. Too. They should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, they were a huge part of it. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so curbside went through, say, summer. How did your holidays look last year? I got to tell you again, from a retail standpoint, amazing. So. What we were facing here is pre-COVID, about 60% of our retail drop-in customer was the Canadian customers coming down because we're like not even 20 miles from the border. And we're very close off of the I-5 freeway. We're easy to access both directions. So uh, we love, I'm Canadian. I don't know if you can hear that in my accent. I heard it, but I didn't know if it was just because yeah. you live so close to the yeah. Canadian border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my version of my, yeah. Canadian accent but um, so we love our Canadian customers they're so much fun they follow us on Facebook they love the experience down here and they were about 60% of our business well what happened was the community awareness of small businesses and supporting local before I always felt it was kind of like a marketing campaign that you saw in stores or on TV or whatever. And did people really care? Do they really want to know? And that's one thing that COVID did too, was I think the community really stepped up and really cares. And they, they were seeking out these small businesses and how to help. So our growth, um, we were running up in sales over 2019 and 2020 for the holidays. Um, and we were not doing any of our tasting events or open houses or anything. Um, but the, the shipping took off with, we would have like departments from a company. We're the accounting department from company A. And so we're gonna do a virtual tasting with our 12 members. And we love your local cheese set that you have on your website. Can you ship that to 12 separate locations so we can do our own tasting? So I know it's a thing now, but before we were even thinking of it being a thing, people were asking us for it. So we were fulfilling their needs. But um, so shipping, the retail shop, the gifts, um, when small, family groups could get together it felt special to have a charcuterie board and that type of thing at home mm -hmm. and so it was a really successful holiday for us how has this year been now that we're kind of getting into more people being vaccinated i mean washington we're at about i think they're saying 70 percent yeah fully vaccinated yeah, so amazing. how are you feeling now as we're transitioning into a different era of the pandemic um things are shifting again so the online is falling off because people can come in. Um, as the restaurants have opened, the, the trays and charcuterie and stuff is starting to fall off as well because who doesn't want to go and have a great meal out at your favorite restaurant? Um, on the flip side, in the manufacturing, which took the largest hit of all of it, um, it's starting to slowly get back because we had a lot of restaurant business. We have that, that our blue cheese is what we're best known for, and we have that small format, two and a half pound wheel. And that works really well in the kitchen mm -hmm. because you can get through it once you open it. So 
we lost all of that restaurant business and it's starting to climb back with um, um, you know with the restaurants opening up but so the manufacturing side of things was definitely hit the hardest in the pandemic can you um, expand on that a little bit like uh, how much cheese were you making in a week prior and then through the pandemic well the biggest the the biggest drop and I'm we so the retail grocery stores were staying strong and being really helpful and that came together with the um, support of the community to support local because when at first when people were rushing into those grocery stores they were not buying artisan cheese right so the the category was probably not doing well at that time but over time and awareness the category has done really really well but we um, we have contracts with Costco uh, just in and out rotations not any permanent placement and because all of the sampling and demoing stopped that really hurt sales so those contracts weren't there in 2020 and um, so that was one of the biggest impacts but we are back doing um, actually our new mustard seed cheese they have authorized that and we're in production on that to go into um, washington state costco's for the month of september so the relationship's not severed but they had to change everything that they were doing as well especially without being able to do their sampling program um, so that was a big hit and then again the restaurants and the stadiums and the cruise ships like through the food service channels our cheese was ending up in all of those different different areas and um, but it's it's coming back and then we this year released a new cheese so to add to our family of three we created our fourth cheese the mustard seed and so we have a new item to offer the market as well so we're getting close we're not quite 2019 on manufacturing but we'll see how the year ends up we're actually pretty close and then we'll just keep building in 2022 all right do um do you guys have any sort of like cut and wrap facility like ability to do that here because i know a lot of manufacturers started doing a cut and wrap to accommodate retails uh sales a little bit more do you guys have anything like yeah that here? we're we're very fortunate that both peterson and dpi convert our cheese for us so they are running all the cut and wrap through there. Um, the push we're seeing now, the big push, is everybody wants exact weight UPC. And that's really hard for small artisan producers to do because there's you know, trim associated with that. And um, we can't do that in-house here. We, we don't have the equipment, uh, um, the efficiencies, the finishing lines like heat tunnels and dip tanks and and the labor or the space so that's something we have to figure out if we want to grow um, but you're right pre-packaged is definitely a growth area especially if you can get exact weight UPC yeah well I think the exact weight UPC is an important topic to bring up just because a lot of people consumers especially don't understand what it takes on the back end um, that most small producers don't have the sort of machinery to do an exact weight so inevitably you're either shortchanging some pieces and some pieces are too heavy it's hard to cut an exact 
piece of cheese to yeah. a certain weight. Well, and it, it's handmade. This is yeah. all artisan handmade. So, I mean, the wheels are inconsistent. It's part of the nature of the type of cheese. And so you could, I guess, you can try to pick through and get all the, the most similar sizes and weights, but we still can't do it in-house because we're hand-cutting what we do for a retail shop. You cannot hand-cut an exact weight. So we would have to find a partner outside. And then, I mean, you're shipping, you've got expenses shipping to an outside location. You have expenses shipping it back or shipping it into cold storage and more expense there. So it definitely would be layering in expense to it as well. But it's difficult to figure out. Like you've nailed it on the head. I mean, it is absolutely difficult to figure out, especially for small producers. Yeah, I think though it's important that consumers see what that entails because you know just like when the pandemic hit and everybody was like well you have these 20 pound bags of flour why can't you just turn those into five pound bags of flour no it doesn't really work like that no. if something is for food service it's you're making more money off of it in your pocket from it going to a food service distributor even than like cutting and wrapping it and there's a lot of loss in that and then the equipment on top of that is really expensive so there's a lot of fine details in there that a lot of people don't really oh yeah there's understand. no there's no flip that you switch like i mean no switch that you flip i'll flip that around there's no switch that you flip <laughs> that you can just suddenly go into cutting and wrapping at your own facility yeah, and most facilities too are built not with that space in mind too. So there's just not really that ability to make that happen. Yeah, there's no space to do it. Yeah, yeah. So that takes a lot. Even a shipping department in itself takes space. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about this year going into the holidays? I, I'm so optimistic. I feel really good. I think that like I mentioned before with charcuterie boards and different things, plus the amount of people that are doing it now too. Um, like our focus here is we're a manufacturer and we've spent a lot of years, well, we've, we're coming up on our sixth anniversary, sixth anniversary. So we've spent that time marketing our brand, our cheese, you know, out there. Um, but we have this lovely cheese shop and we've been doing these things since we opened the doors in 2015 It's what we do, but it's always changing and evolving So I think it's gonna look different this Christmas is gonna look different I think there'll still be a lot of shipping and stuff um, if we can figure that out on perishable it was it was difficult last year um, But I think it's just gonna keep evolving and changing on what the customer is actually looking for and then we just try to be nimble and listen and react and we customize so many things here it's just what we do we have people visit us and i'm looking for xxx for this many people this size and we figure it out we just customize all day long but i think it's going to be well if that canadian border opens up anytime soon you know in fact i'm interviewing um, a potential employee for the shop next friday who's a ccp and I'm really excited to talk with her and meet with her because we're anticipating, especially up front in retail, that things are gonna pick up. That's exciting. I mean, I think that uh, since people didn't get to spend the holidays together last year, I think they're gonna 
more get-togethers. Yeah, that's a really good be point. Gangbusters yeah. this year and yeah. kind of really go for it. Yeah, so. that's a really good point. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it could be huge. It could be huge. We just have to be prepared for it and listen and see what what's happening. And yeah, but the manufacturing. I mean, what I found interesting with the pandemic is we're surviving here because we're a manufacturer. I mean, that's really important for us. And so we're surviving because we're a manufacturer. Um, I don't think the retail cheese shop initially could have weathered that storm with closure and then really slowly and just curbside only. It would be very, very difficult to have kept a retail cheese shop open during the pandemic and even into this year. So we're very fortunate we had the manufacturing to help with cash flow. Um, but now I think there's just so much potential for the retail cheese shop. I mean, we've seen it across the board that some of the, the big cheese shops, oh, even the on closures. the West Coast, have closed. And yeah. I know that the ones that have done well are ones that had already really embraced their community and the community had already really embraced them. Yeah. So, And that's yeah. the only thing that kind of kept them going. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot of stuff. Um, is there anything in particular about Twin Sisters that we haven't covered that you really want people to know? Like, did you did you know that our little cheese shop um, was named the best cheese shop in Washington State? I love that. Isn't that crazy That's crazy by so Taste great. of Home Magazine. So amazing. We were so excited, and I, you know, it's small. It's not crazy busy. We have around sixty or seventy cheeses in the shop, but um, whenever people come in, it's like education you know and yeah. they're meeting the owner they're meeting the cheesemaker they're seeing the process and then we can talk forever about every single piece of cheese that's actually in the shop you know we that's have an awesome. import case and then the domestic case and so and i was neat to get that recognition because we're just up here in ferndale off the beaten path as far as the state of washington um the cheesemakers were all really really resilient and i'm not aware of any that would have closed due to COVID as far as the actual uh, cheese makers themselves. And so that community support and their ability to find different outlets, whether it's CSA or community farmers markets they were creating and on, on farm pickup. And then of course the support from the retailers, which we're really fortunate in the Northwest to have so many independent retailers, you know, so, um, but I'm really, I'm thrilled with the way the industry in Washington state has actually strengthened and, um, how well some cheesemakers are doing and even the, just the recognition that they're getting out there. It's awesome. I don't think it's going to slow down. I think everyone's just going to continue, you know, growing and doing the best they can. Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I didn't know how good I had it until I traveled elsewhere. I'm incredibly proud to call this place my home and to know that we have such wonderful producers and makers working to make the best products they possibly can. I have to give big thanks to Lindsay for her patience during my setup since she was the first live interview I've ever done. This podcast is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Janae Muha, with a supporting feature role by my husband, Ben Muha, contributing on editing and music. 
To support the show, please find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Mobile Monger. For cool extras and to financially support the continuation of this podcast, please consider contributing to my Patreon. There, you'll find the full video recording of the conversation, discount codes for merch in my online shop, get a sneak peek at the next guest, and even submit questions for future episodes. Thanks again for listening, and remember to keep spreading the word of good curd. Thank you.